On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. G'day, amigos, and welcome to the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on this. Uh, what was it, Warren? Comfortable, no, fine, no, relaxed, relaxed, and relaxed and comfortable Wednesday night. Thanks for joining us, and thanks to Finey again on another fantastic show. And Zanas and Poltz, always entertaining radio before the Diego's. Vinny Venezuela, welcome to you. Thank you very much, Rodrigo. Hello, listeners. Great to be here. Yeah, and just for the record, I did do a somersault entering the studio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you would. Done my back. It's an homage to the great uh, Sam Kerr. We'll talk about her very, very shortly. Warren, g'day. Yes, um, it's good to be here. And, nice to um, see you. I'm sure I'll have stuff to say later. Oh, I hope you do. It's a Jeez. radio It's a radio yeah. show uh, where you tend to have to say stuff. Yeah. G'day, Carlos. How are you there, Rodrigo? How are you, boys, listeners out there? And uh, where Warren talks about calm and relaxed. Relaxed and comfortable. Yes, I'm agitated and anxious since I've been in the studio with him. <laughs> yeah, so you should. <laughs> so you should. But you, you're nice and far apart. We've got a big show for you tonight. Uh, give us a, a call tonight if you if you want to, 94291116. We'd love to hear from you or send us a text message on 0433981116. We'd love to hear from you tonight uh, on the Diego. Why does he have to be so unkind? Well, it's just a bit of a, a no. Thing. No, it's not. Well, you think you're Kamal or something? People, yeah? people think, people think that it's real. I get stopped in the street and going, oh, "Are there you? issues between you and Carlos?" And yeah. I go, "No." To the people out there, we've got to start talking football in a sec. But mm. we've been here a two-hour pre-show meeting. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I was here for two and a half hours, but yeah, you, yeah. you guys came. Yeah, late. exactly. You came Sorry about late. that, Rodrigo. You yeah. were late, <laughs> but. What you hear here has been going for the last two hours. So there's no difference. There's no demarcation between the real Diego's and pretend, the off-air Diego's. We don't like each other. It's simple. Absolutely. For 25 years, I have ulcers <laughs> working with you. Yeah. Yes. Hey, we've got a big show, as I said. We'll catch up with Mike McGrath a little bit later on. Plenty to talk about. Of course, the FFA Cup quarterfinals were finished tonight, finalised. Of course, we'll talk about the Matildas um, and their fantastic mm. display against Brazil in the Socceroos uh, squad has just been announced for their uh, Syria uh, games in Malacca and in Sydney. Uh, Malacca's in Malaysia, by the way. <laughs> I thought it was Singapore, but I would have... Yeah, no, you just got right. the attention of all those South Melbourne supporters yeah, out there yeah, right. who are celebrating and say, what did Rodrigo just say then? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, um, we'll get to South Melbourne in a minute, but uh, first, Blackhound City and uh, Western Sydney Wanderers uh, played out at... Well, it was a two-all two at uh, after extra time, but then... Uh, Western Sydney Wanderers uh, won 4-2 on penalties. Riera scored twice during um, during the game, of course, for Western Sydney Wanderers. And Andrew, a sub for Blacktown City, scored twice. I watched a bit of this game. <laughs> they were really, really good, Blacktown. And, of course, South Melbourne smashed Gold Coast City 6-0. Uh, Lujic, uh, Miller, Daly. Lujic scored again. Zinni and Miller scored. So uh, an emphatic victory by South Melbourne in the away FFA from home. Cup, away from home, mm. on the Gold Coast, and uh, semi-finals, by the way. Partying tonight, boys? Yeah, they'll be we, partying. Can I, just our callers out there, I don't travel to the Gold Coast, but what disco well, are they at right now? Isn't Cavill Avenue? Yeah, Cavill. No, really, I, I haven't Cavill? been. Cavill? Is it Cavill? Yeah, yeah, I so. yeah, yeah. No, I think that's But the, what's uh, the disco there? Give us a ring, 9429116. What's the disco that South Melbourne's gone to yeah. that everyone tends to go to? And they'll be mobbed there 
because obviously they've won the game 6-0 away from home. Probably the greatest result these boys have had and earned themselves a spot in the semi-finals against uh, Sydney FC. Wow, how no, big. No less. So, you know, so. I was going to say, based on that performance tonight, I know when you get to a final four, you can't really choose who you're playing. I mean, there's two other opponents. I reckon they make the final if they're playing anybody except Sydney <laughs> FC. No, seriously, the way they played yeah. tonight and the way they've built through this campaign, they've got better and better. Maybe when, when Bentley and Heidelberg were starting to struggle with the demands of playing in multiple competitions and when it got to the pointy end, they, they struggled. But they were playing against A-League yeah. opposition, to be fair. But South Melbourne have built through this and I would have thought, except for watching Sydney FC that they could have beaten, watching the Wanderers tonight just get over Blacktown, I would have thought South Melbourne could have beaten either one of the opponents except for Sydney FC. Look, of course, a win for South Melbourne in that game is a dream come true, makes it get, gets them into a final. But for me, a, a win for that club is to pack that Bob Jane Stadium out or that Lakeside Stadium, and uh, they talk about 12,000 people. You've got to stand up, South Melbourne supporters. Your club has talked uh, long and loud about getting an A-League application in that they deserve to be in the A-League. Up until this point, through this run, they're getting two and 3,000 people at their FFA Cup games. This is the one. You sit in the FC at your own home ground. You've got the A-League bid book ready to go. You want to, to come go. to the party. You've got, it's leather bound with kangaroo leather, the bid book for that. Um, you're there in the semi-final. If they don't get ten, they don't get twelve thousand there. You're not going to churn any heads at uh, FFA. I'm telling you that now. It's a Cinderella story. Yeah. So I want to know, and given the Greek heritage of, of South Melbourne, I want to know if there there is like the equivalent, a Greek equivalent of Cinderella. Like, is there a Mavrula <laughs> or or something, a Tula? Okay, so a it's a second story. Hot, hot topic, uh, hotline. I want to know what disco they've gone, South Melbourne gone to in Gold Coast tonight. And uh, is yeah. there an equivalent to Cinderella yeah. in, uh, Gre- in yeah. Greek mythology? In Hellenic mythology. Yeah. There's got to be hot gossip on the Gold Coast. <laughs> uh, send us a text message or give us a call. What do you think about uh, South Melbourne's effort tonight? And what do you, how do you think they'll go against uh, Sydney FC? The other semi-final is, of course, Western Sydney Wanderers at home to Adelaide United. I've got something... That's not meant to be controversial. And I know what Carlos's reaction is going to be before I even say it. But I'm going to say it anyway. Anyway, one of the biggest bugbears to me in the A-League competition is how we play on pristine grounds between now and February. And then when the Rugby League codes start, the grounds like Brisbane and that... Do you know that, they played on artificial pitch Now, tonight? that's my point. Why not install or have somewhere where A-League teams can go and play with decent facilities, e.g. grandstands, that's an artificial pitch because the grounds are every year. You'll say it in February. You'll go along and you say, the grounds are crap, it's not good enough, it's leading. Why not artificial pitch? It, it happened because, in the pr- Why not? It's happening know, at again. NPL. I say, as I've said no. many, many times over 25 years, this is the reason you will never, ever work for a professional club, you'll never coach a professional club, you've never played in a professional club. Or be on professional in fact, you'll radio. be lucky to ever walk into a professional club. Because if you ask any A-League player or their coach, they don't like playing I on artificial... I don't care what they like. I'm telling you, they don't like playing on artificial pitches because they say it actually, pro- uh, it actually promotes injuries. 
calf injuries. Uh, so Achilles why are they? And, why have MPL clubs got them then? Because it's more pragmatic. Council run grounds. No council run grounds. Don't it? You know, at, at that level, um, you know, people are dispensable. Players are dispensable. They get injured. It doesn't matter, right? <laughs> but at the top, top. You know, the, the fragile level, the, the real, you know, fragile sensitive level. Yeah, yeah. The finely tuned the machine. Level. Yeah, the pampered mm. level, right? Mm-hmm. The finely tuned machines that they are. If you've got a blade that's a little bit too long at the A-League level, mate, it's a disaster. Let's the remember- PFA have the pitch ratings. Remember that? Yeah, they do. And they don't want to see artificial pitches anywhere. I'm not saying as a first resort. I'm talking about instead of playing on some of the crap fields that we get come February, that we have or move the – move. The, I'm just – It strikes what, what me – What are you saying? What are you saying? It strikes me that if we can't get a rectangle – we're never – we never – never <laughs> is a big word, but we're years away from getting a dedicated rectangular stadium that isn't in, that's our foot our Wembley. Hey, we're we're Australia. Where are you going to put this stadium? Or are you going to have one in every state and territory? No, no. I think in Sydney, realistically. So, so what you're going to play any game that's important, even if it doesn't involve the Sydney team in Sydney? Is that what you're saying? That's it. You're going to play the Socceroos there all the time. The Matildas there all the time. Well, it works well in England, Wembley. Because what? Because people don't care about the national team in Wembley uh, in England. <laughs> they don't care about it. But you, you, what you're going to move your your Merseyside derby to a to a ground that if the pitch is crap, yes. Actually, I got to say, a lot of the European pitches these days, the reason why you don't see them cut up like they used to be in the seventies, because they've got artificial it, grass. It's in It's a there. little bit of a blend. Melded. It's a mesh. It's yeah. a mesh of artificial. So and you're, you're already moving colours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but they but those players train on that every day and they play on it. There's no. Uh, the you know, difference between training and playing on any different surface. Warren, these guys, they, they shave their legs. How do you think they're going to deal with the little rubber pellets in their boots? Mate, you know, some of them don't through, play through because game, of they... pimples. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah, that's so, right. You know, we talk I'm about just saying, last, last to me week. as a spectacle tonight, in terms of the way the game was played, there's something to be said to have a facility that's got a surface that can be used, an artificial surface that can be used instead of playing on average ground. And there's something beautiful about seeing the sprinklers go on before the game too, Warren, <laughs> that uh, you'll be denying us that if we go artificial. Yeah. Well, speak to the players because I think that would be the answer to many things, but the players are, are dead against it and coaches are dead against it because players tend to, like I said, they're finely tuned machines at that level. You change the surface too much. It's like uh, the Europeans coming to play in Australia. It takes them a year to get used to the hard surfaces. And we might not think they're hard, but they're much harder than what they are in Europe. Yeah, okay. I defer to your greater knowledge and expertise again. As you should. As mind you, should. you, mind you, there is, when the pitch is a carpet and you get that, that ball moving quickly, which you're guaranteed on the artificial turf, it is, a, it is a nice thing. It is. Yeah. Very fast track. Hey, apparently the South Melbourne boys are looking for a blue light disco. Jeez. <laughs> now, I was going to say... Cocktails what? and Dreams. Is that a... Paul says that that was one in the 1990s. Was it? Okay. Now, I'm not What's sure. Yeah. There's got to be one up there called Copacabana, sure. Brian Brown. I think there's an L14s in, in, uh, in Gold Coast, isn't there? Right next door to Bunnies. I was going yeah, right to yeah. say, what would they eat when they get out of it at four o'clock? But of course, it's going to be a Sivlaki. Yeah. So it's not, not That's a... very stereotypical. Not a real worry. <laughs> Hey, no, but didn't you enjoy it tonight? The yes. FFA Cup again, you know, it was... The pa- romance. Yeah, you know, look, I've got to say, I watched uh, quite a bit of the Blacktown City 
uh, Western Sydney Wanderers game. Four and I really, really enjoyed that game. And, and the boy Andrews, yeah, Andrew, and came Andrew on. Yep. came on as a sub, scored mm. two, yep. and he, he drove. Josh Risden mad. He did. And Josh has just been selected for the Socceroos. Yeah. So I think if you add two and two together, he's in the Andrew, qu- he's in the squad. <laughs> in the extended yeah, yeah. squad of the Socceroos, yeah. I reckon. Yeah, no, excellent stuff tonight. Don't forget, uh, South Melbourne take on Sydney FC in the semi final. Western Sydney Wanderers uh, play Adelaide United. Two crackers of semi finals for the FFA Cup. Adelaide have been the sleepers in this compact. I don't think they've been live on any of the games that Fox have put together. And in the midst of Melbourne City getting beaten, they played really well. And they've got, you talk about a new squad, they've pretty much got a whole squad of players that we haven't really seen before or have come from other clubs, a, a coach Lea, we know nothing about. Vinny Lea organised his own trial because he was, um, oh, well, I think he left Phoenix Retired. Mutual. I think it was mutual parting with uh, Wellington Phoenix after a long and distinguished career there. And... Uh, and uh, ended up knocking on A-League doors, and a lot of them were shut. <laughs> but then uh, went to Adelaide and actually organised his own trial and ended up getting picked up, and he's playing regularly for them. You know, I love that. I yeah. love the resilience, and I love the persistence, and I love the fact that he just would not accept no for an answer at his... Uh, How old would Vinny be now? Oh, he's in his 30s, yeah. early 30s. Yeah, he's so, a journeyman, really. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, what about uh, what about the Matildas, guys? Let's move on from the FFA Cup. The Matildas and... Uh, the five or so days they've had in Australia has been just outstanding. You know, back page, front pages of most uh, most newspapers. Of course, they defeated Brazil twice. Um, you know, Sam, well, three times in a row. Well, actually. three times yeah, in a row, yeah, of yeah. course, but um, twice here. And Sam Kerr has mm. become uh, a national star. Really, I mean, you know, if you didn't know Sam Kerr's name mm. before before you know a week ago, then mm. you certainly know who she is now. And uh, you know, we were walking out, and Polt, uh, Jeff Poulter actually said she's yeah. one of the best female sports people she's ever he's ever seen. Can I say I want to thank the AFL? I really do, because what the AFLW did for women's sport across this country was make sure that the administrators oh, totally, yeah. for every sport saying, "My God." Uh, we need to get our act together because the AFL will come raiding for all our uh, all our athletes, and they did. And what that did is they found the money to pay the Matildas more and the girls in the W League more. Definitely. We, we uh, talked that, about that. And, you know. and cricket's the same, and there's other sports. Uh, for me, I just believe that was a catalyst. And what you'll see now, because the big argument against the Matildas and women's football generally over the years is why invest in it when they don't bring anything in? Like, if you go to a W League game, you might get 100 people there. So they're saying, well, we can talk up women's game, but they're not bringing any income in. But that's small. That's really, really short-sighted mm. stuff. On the weekend at Penrith, full house. At Newcastle, I mean, when was the last time Newcastle Jets got sixteen or 17,000 people yeah, well, at the that game? that would have been back in the Newcastle KB United days. Well, you know, for me, that looked fantastic. And the girls put the show on, and it wasn't patronising. It wasn't um, that we all should just support women's sport because no. they're women. They were a damn good side that played really, really well. And they're actually a good age. Uh, the whole squad's There's a good a age, age to, yeah. to win a World Cup and maybe two in their, in their careers. So yeah. this is a very, very exciting thing. And I'm, I'm so, so happy that suddenly we've got two national teams that we can watch. And some might argue there's only one, and it's more the Matildas and the Socceroos. But uh, I just there's just two great options. And now they've, now they've uh, declared that they're going to be playing a couple of games against China in November here. So they're seeing, the governments are seeing that 
there is an income stream here. There is an investment, economic impact. Uh, because at Amy Park, you could well get mm. 25,000 people at Amy Park for that game. And kudos to the FFA for bringing Brazil out because I think that uh, both those games were fantastic games to watch. But the Brazilians really wanted to win the second one. And yeah. they, they tried to come out and boss the Matildas. And uh, our girls just held our women team just held their ground and just gave it back to them even though we conceded uh, an early goal yeah. uh, but we were we were never out of the game and we just we just we ended up dominating and it's just glorious and it's just a good good competitive game anyone would enjoy that game yeah it was it was just brilliant and um you know some some of the young ones you know did you mention you know Chloe Legazzo? well yeah, we all talk about Sam yep. Kerr but uh, Chloe Legazzo is a goer. Uh, Caitlin Ford, I've always liked Caitlin. Van Egmont in the middle. She was Van Egmont's uh, a bit of a maestro in the middle of the park. That and ball that she gave, I mean, Kerr's finish yeah. for that, that header was yeah. insanely good. She, you know, there was but no touch type marking. Steph Catley's another one. Catley's another one. Um, there's just a lot of great young players there. And I want to see what's coming next, what the next generation is, because obviously they're going to be inspired by this generation. Uh, there's much more, there's much better. Training for these girls uh, between the ages of 12 and 16 and 17. So I'd love to see what the next uh, you know, cohort of players coming through is going to be like. Yeah, kudos to the coach too because, yeah. what, two and a half years ago they had, a, they had a, an overseas female coach who went quickly and not to say that they were at a low ebb, the Matildas, but, you know, it's taken... They were a miss. It's taken they were a miss a, when they... Because there's a bit of player power that... Yeah. Her. And it might be le- it might be a little bit more, a little bit less than two and a half years ago. But for them to turn it around collectively as a as a group has been amazing. And but Ellis no- Sasich, the the coach yep. you're talking about, he came in. The girls were unhappy with the previous coach. Uh, like it was a bit of a player power that got rid of her. But he came in and suddenly didn't appease them all. He moved on a core of those girls and worked with the ones he wanted to work with. And so there's a nice little blend of these great young, this young talent that's coming through, and with some of the older heads like Van Egmont, mm. Devana's still there. I thought Devana was going to retire, you know, six or seven years ago, but it seems like she's really reveling with these young, younger players around her. And no disrespect to the AFLW because it's only been going for one year, but the quality of the Matildas in terms of the way they played, there's no discernible difference in quality at that elite level now that Australia is in that elite company they they can win a world cup luck a little bit of luck you know they they can win a world cup i mean they should have notionally made a semi final in at the in brazil at the olympics yep. Yep. they lost on penalties Oh, they got ripped off by some very dodgy decisions yeah, too but, just quietly but they've improved probably mm. 15% since then They'll go into an Asian Cup where they've clearly now shown that they're the most dominant team in Asia and they've got over the top of the likes of Japan and Korea, which have traditionally been the dominant sides in our confederation. But they'll go over to Europe. They'll play, you know, the Swedens, the Germanys and stuff in a World Cup in a couple of years' time and they'll be extremely hard to beat. Their next rotation is next year. It's the Asian Cup Cup next year. Then there's an Olympics, and then there's a World Cup. Is Correct. that right? That's it. And look, it's a bit of a dream, and who knows? You can't trust FIFA at all. But in 2023, we could have a World Cup here. Well, you you said that that wouldn't happen. It's not going to happen. Well, it won't happen. 
and gladly we won't be on the air at that time, so uh, no one can come back at me. We're not going to get a World Cup here. It's Fifi's the same as they've always been. We could be, Carlos. No, Just no, we'll get one vote. We'll spend 45 mil. We'll get one vote, one vote for that. And, of course, uh, the FFA <laughs> and the uh, Victorian State Government announced that uh, the Matildas will take on China, the world number 13, at Amy Park on November the 22nd at Geelong Simmons Stadium mm. on the 26th Good use of, of all the taxpayers' money down there in the off-season for the Cats fans. Definitely. Sure so get looking out forward to seeing them. And you know you're getting under, you know, Brazil skin where they don't shake your hand after the game. No. Did you notice that? Oh, they were dark, weren't they? Marta was really – she was really – she wasn't a happy – it just shows for me that shows it's a real game. Yeah, for sure. Like it's not, not they talk about friendlies and stuff like that, but they were fair dick about it those those two teams they last were. night. And the Brazilians don't like getting beaten, especially three times in a row by the Australians. Yeah, it's the no. longest really. Minute. I mean, a minute. But but imagine what their what their pundits and and their press yeah. are going to do to them, like for losing against Australia again. Mm. But it's the longest winning streak of the Matildas, I think, five six games. If you go back to all the games they played in that. Yeah. Um, American quad series talk, yeah. over in America. I think it's the longest number of games that they've won in a row. So that's a good against too. quality opponents yep. too. Okay, well, uh, we talked about the Matils. We'll talk a bit more about them uh, a little bit later on. But of course, we'll talk about the men very, very soon. The Socceroos take on Syria um, in their World Cup uh, qualifiers that they have to uh, go through over the next uh, month or so. Hey, let's take a break and come back with more of the Diego's on eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday night, uh, the Four Diegos and uh, South Melbourne thrashing Gold Coast United in the FFA Cup quarterfinal tonight, 6-0. Lujic scored twice, Miller scored twice, Daly uh, and Zinni scored... uh, for uh, South Melbourne and uh, Western Sydney Wanderers in, ended up defeating Blacktown City 4-2 on penalties. I don't know if this is a true, but Clive Palmer's not got much to do, but he did close three quarters of the stadium tonight because <laughs> yeah. it's a game of soccer at that stadium. You know, in that uh, South team, of course, the young Stefan Zini is the son yes. of the great Andrew Zini, mm. uh, who played for Socceroos, played for Juventus, played for Preston, uh, just a terrific player. And I think... Lewich, young Lewich there, Milos Lewich, I think his name is. Uh, his father, I believe, is Drafko Lewich, who played for Footscray JUST. Or he's related, I'm only guessing because of the name. But uh, that's great that the that you know the chip off chip off the old blocks are now doing their stuff in the uh, in important they're games. They're doing the all they can now because they're backing up the hype of a bid with performance on the field. It's the first time you can say. In recent times, they've been able to do that. But they can't afford to be lame against Sydney. No, no. And I'll tell you what, Sydney will examine them. There will be a firm examination. They'll probe. They'll probe. They'll probe. 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 Deep probe. Yep. They'll scrutinise. <laughs> mm-hmm. They'll prod. Yep. yep. You know all about that, Warren. They'll probe. part things. Yep. They'll part. They'll yep. open up gaps. No, There'll be scrutiny no, of that club. Everything that Rodrigo Jeez. likes about embarrassing bodies, yes. Sydney will do to South <laughs> That's Melbourne. Right. And if they, It'll if be they a hold, thorough examination. And if they hold firm, <laughs> South Melbourne, uh, hold your head up high. And stay firm, Carlos. And stay firm. Uh, and get 12,000 people there. That's a not, nice little first step. It'll be of, fantastic. Yep. So at uh, South Melbourne take on Sydney FC and Western Sydney play Adelaide United. Just off the text message, we uh, wanted to know what the South Melbourne boys might end up doing in uh, on the Gold Coast <laughs> tonight. Um, 
They'll either be at uh, Melbourne's in Cavill Avenue or Sin City in Orchid Avenue. Okay. That's Stewart and Airport West. And, and you vetted those, Rodrigo, I, I, didn't you? I'm because sure you thought Sin they might have been strip but, clubs. But I certainly uh, <laughs> vetted Melbourne's. And the next one, very suggestive names up yeah. there. The Bedroom ah. in Orchid Avenue. <laughs> Surfers yeah. Paradise, which is a legitimate nightclub. Um, You've checked that one out? Yep. Well, it's, it's, it's Darren the, from the area. That's, it's from Corumban. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, so basically he said it's the coolest disco at the moment. He went to the, I went to the game tonight and Palm Beach were insipid. You can tell he's a yeah. supporter. Yeah. <laughs> um, just don't understand why they were so undisciplined. Well done, South Melbourne and their fans that travelled up here. I don't understand why we can't play our ho- at our home ground of Malawa Drive. Uh, that's Darren in Corumban. Hey, thanks, Darren, you, Darren, for that text message. Really appreciate I'm that. I'm glad that they're still calling nightclubs discos up there. Yeah, too, that's right. Well, you fit, in, you fit right in. I know. Yeah, in your uh, dotage, Carlos. Yeah, three-piece suit. <laughs> White. Yes, I've got the, got the body shirt. Yeah. Cheap. You know the you know the, the cotton body shirt oh, and the with a brown tie. You have the brown tie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, halfway through the night, you open up Johnny Travolta like cufflinks. You're in it, Carlos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're starting Cuff. to sweat. Yep, <laughs> you know. you'd have the cufflinks as well. Yeah. Yep. Hey, uh, a zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Hey, Carlos. By the way, you're right. Milos Lujic is the son of uh, Zdravko oh. Lujic. Of I'll JLC. tell you what. I'll tell you what. Stravko Lujic was one of my favourite players. He was, if, I don't know, get on the YouTube out there, uh, and type in Strapko Lewich. It was in the days where you didn't have to wear shin pads. So he always had his socks down. Biggest thighs you'd ever seen in the world. He wouldn't, and have, his shaved, calves he, he were wouldn't have shaved his legs, would he? No, no, no. Big, big, big calves. Big, big, uh, thighs. And the way he's. Leg acne? Oh, no. No such thing. No such thing. I'll and even you, if he had pain, a, a fantastic player. He would have played through player. pain, I, I, su- I suspect. Yeah, fantastic player. If, if, nothing like his son. His son's a, a brilliant targetman who scores a lot of goals and has done so at NPL level for a long time. Very different players. Uh, Strefko was more of a wider player who just a, used to run at fullbacks and terrorise them with his power and pace. Very clever player too for Footscray. Evening, Diego's. Still waiting your uh, registration to our over 35s, five aside comp at Melbourne Knights. <laughs> Saving a spot for you. Support your favourite NSL club. That's Tommy from the Knights. Uh, it was never clear, Tommy, about the car space. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, we're still and, negotiating, Tommy. And just very quietly, we just can't agree amongst ourselves whether we're prepared to spend that much time together. Just very quietly. <laughs> That's true. I, I'm not prepared to play with Carlos. Well, I'm not. To, I'm not prepared yeah. to have uh, Warren in goals. We started when we started playing together 25 years ago. We were at the front four. Yeah, that's but right. we slowly moved back a line every you know decade, and now we're at the back four. And I'm fr- I'm afraid we're a sieve, a real sieve defence. There was a while there though that we would. We played in every charity tournament there was <laughs> it's going true, around. It's true. It's true. Our, our problem is that you know we play with a back four and we yes. just we just uh, put yeah. long balls up to no one. Yeah. And you know a thorn in the side of the Diego's team is a ball playing centre half, and that is Warren who tries to be a ball playing centre half. He had a creative oh, yeah. Beckenbauer yeah, yeah, yeah. libero type. Back to the back to yeah. the goals all the time. Yeah. Just give it to me at you, my feet. You know how Palm Beach. Or Gold Coast was defending tonight. It reminded me of you many, many times with the Diego's. I did a calf walking into the studio tonight, so I don't, um, don't think I'll be playing anytime soon. Hey, the Socceroos, let's get serious for one moment, of course. The Socceroos in the World Cup qualifier against Syria. Of course, we have to win this. Uh, the first game is on October the 5th in Malacca in Malaysia and at ANZ Stadium on October the 10th. So a couple of interesting uh, returns here. Mila Yednak is back. 
Um, and uh, this was an interesting one. Nikita Rukovitsa, yeah. who's playing in Israel at the moment, yeah. is back in the squad. He's, that was a bit of Can you believe he's 30 years old? Like, I still remember he was like young player of the year when he won a Harry Kuhl mm. medal or something when he was uh, like 19 and scoring goals for Perth Glory. And he was almost the guy, I think they were all talking up to be the next big thing in went Australian to football. Perth, had a couple of good seasons. Well, he was okay there, but then he went overseas. I think mm. he went to Germany, a few other places. He just got lost, completely lost. And you think, you know, Israel, that, you know, that was that's all about just picking up a pay packet, obviously, but he's doing well over there at the moment. Last seven games, he scored four goals uh, in the top league in Israel, and you'd think the top league in Israel is would be equal to the A-League, probably. Well, in they're, competitive in, yeah. they're competitive in Europe, Israel. Yeah, so, um, look, why not? We, you know, our prongs aren't Prolific at uh, in the Socceroos in the World Cup. So, uh, look, I don't know if fans would ever start with him. He hasn't had him in any squads for a while. Uh, is it a message he's sending out to people? Who knows what the story is? But we certainly got let down by not having that composure in the box with all the chances we had against Thailand for someone not putting it away. I heard he too was wandering around Europe and he, he <laughs> came upon Simon's story. <laughs> We just pointed him back yeah. <laughs> to Australia. So go that way. Yeah. You know. Well, you know, Troy, anyone who ends up in Israel has really surely been pa- just backpacking around yep. the world, haven't they? They found themselves in the Middle East and, oh, I need a player. Yeah, why not, why not sign for an Israeli team? So, Of course, this is the 30-man squad. I mean, I can't believe I said you know, next month or so, but it's on yeah, October the 5th is the first game. That's not too far away. Is it because... Aren't we, are we not talking about this game because we're really worried about or scared about what the result could be? I think there is a collective anxiety about, you know what? 12 years ago, we would have craved for a playoff <laughs> opportunity. <laughs> we craved for it. We were excited. We were up for it. Now we're highly anxious yeah, about I know, it. I know, I know. And this is a two-step process. So that's even more yeah. anxious. If it, has anyone checked... There hasn't been any more CONCACAF games. No, we, no, has no. it changed? No, there's three. There's US, Panama, and Honduras. I, if, if we're going to go down the blaze of glory, I want us to get through Syria mm-hmm. in a tight, tight sort of contest over two legs. And I want us to play in, packed ha- in front of packed houses against the US. Yep. That, I think playing the US, even though they're more celebrated than Panama and Honduras, playing US... I think it's more straightforward home and away than, say, playing a well, Panama I, away. I don't think going away to the U.S. holds any fears. Nah. You go over there, you play well, yeah. you get a good result, you come back you here. You stay in a nice hotel. Yeah. You know, Donald Trump puts you, you up. You don't get food poisoning. You know, People don't keep you up all night. Yeah, they don't drums spit at out. the bus as no. you're yes, getting but, there. Uh, yeah. The players find the constant tipping upsetting, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> tip, tip everyone. It's a distraction, isn't it? It's yeah. a distraction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the tracksuit pants. <laughs> There's only so much coin. You can just off the text yeah. message. My granny scores more often than the Socceroos, but yeah. um, I think I think the Matildas were um, the focus really over the last uh, couple of weeks. I think you know I, I know because you mentioned the, you know why haven't we been thinking about the Socceroos too much? But uh, we have been thinking about uh, other things in football, which I, is a good thing. I, I, I will divulge, yeah, you know, honestly, Hall. why I've not been talking about them because I'm actually I'm actually a little bit fearful of what could happen. Uh, but then again. Even if we don't get through, I think that is a watershed moment for us to tear up what we've done in the last 15 years and start looking closely at a proper 10 to 15 year plan about not only, you know, building teams that can play, 
but also teams that qualify for World Cups and win games. I, I am a supporter of what Angie's saying of us when we get to a World Cup, we've got to be more than just making up the numbers. So I'm really hoping that, you know, in this next evolution, it's not masked by us just getting to a World Cup. I think there's problems, uh, and um, I think it's structural problems, which need to be really... You need another lot of people up there at the FFA. I think it's time for the board to move on, get another lot of people in there, and rethink what we're going to do over the next 10 to 20 years as far as our player development's concerned and how we're going to approach football. Because there's no reason, as Craig Johnston has said over and over again, there's no reason why our country, even though per capita, um, you know, sorry, population-wise we're a, a minnow in world football, there's no reason why we can't be, you know, at the level of a Denmark or a Norway or one of those sort of Scandinavian-type countries that actually do get... I mean, Switzerland's winning their World Belgium, Cup. Belgium, for instance. Yeah, I mean, Switzerland and Belgium are... I'm not sure about Belgium. Belgium Belgians. qualified first okay, of all there European teams. There's no the reason, by way of population, that we can't emulate over a 10 to 15-year period, we can't emulate some of those Scandinavian countries or some of those mid-range European countries that are very respected and producing wonderful, wonderful players. Carlos, you know, you're in the lab quite a bit these days. Yes, I am. And and you're also on the interweb and you do a lot of research. (laughs) The dark web. Can we, as as the dark web. He has a town hall a day now. Uh, Yeah, I do. He's a busy man. In fact, I... Doesn't even take my calls anymore. I do do the town halls remotely (laughs) on the dark web. (laughs) (laughs) Not the dark web, on the interweb. Thank you. Yeah. And and, and don't don't lie to me, Carlos, but like the Socceroos, can we, we, you know... We'll never have a golden generation again. Why, really? In the sense of having so many players possibly playing at the same time overseas as we did at the top level. So given given that that's probably never going to... It might. Never say never. I'm not going to say never. I don't agree. It might not, yeah. But uh, can we impose ourselves at the international level in in the way that uh, we've just been talking about with a team that uh, is playing in all sorts of different leagues with different standards? I think the fact that, you know, the frustrating thing for us is that we have a lot of the ball, we play a proactive style under Ange, but time and time against against really good sides who are organised, we can't break them down. The difference between us breaking a team down with that style of play and not is the actual talent and skill and that, that innate skill you learn as you grow up you know, the, the Messi-type skill and the Ronaldo-type skill that, that you've just got by the quality of the programs and how you grow up. Um, we can't break down teams because we don't have the individual brilliance of players. That You know, we have to pass our way through things because that's the way Ange operates. But we don't have players that can unlock with ball at feet, go at people, a couple of moves, and break down defences that way there. And that just the really great national teams around the world have that. We don't need a golden generation. If you look at the building blocks for the best teams, you need a golden duo. You need a striker that's a once-in-a-generation striker or a golden generation-type striker and then one of a defender or a creative midfielder and you can have a collection of players around them that are better than average but... Okay. So you're saying you need three world class players. Three world class players. Well, we uh, really. Who was a Harry Kuehl at his best would be deemed world class. I think Lucas Neal as a no. central defender. No, no, no. no of course not. No, <laughs> Luke, Luke, <laughs> Mark Viduka. No, talk about people who can win us games, right? Viduka. 
Well, Mark Baduki, yes. yes. Tim Kale. Tim what Kale. About, um, you had world-class-ish. Yeah, Jimmy Greller in there, Carlos and yeah, Bresciano. I'm talking about... Oh. I'm not talking about world class. You tell these guys to their face they're world class. I'm not talking about a, uh, a, a defensive midfielder in Vinnie Grella who is world class in that respect. We're talking about winning your games and breaking down the opposition, you know, block of defenders. Now, Vinnie's not going to help you do that. Lucas Neal's not going to help you do that. They'll keep that team out, the opposition out, brilliantly. You know, as Mark Swartz will be But we're talking it? about people who can break down the opposition with either individual skill or combinations three with players. others. Look what Ronaldo does for Portugal. But for you instance. need you need him in the attacking half. Yes, but truth be told, ones. truth be told, that our the closest we came was the game against Italy, right? Yeah, and we didn't. And, and, and we, we didn't. Then, and they no, had Vinny, if you remember, we played like we play against Japan, where we couldn't break them down. Mm. The Italian, the Italian had one less play we couldn't break yeah, them down. Yeah, but that, that was the best squad we've ever had on that yes, pitch. Yes, yes. But if you think about it, Bresch wasn't playing in that game. Kuhl wasn't playing in yeah. that game. Gee, I think Timmy Kale, did he come on late in that game? Kuhl never went to a World Cup fit, really, did yeah, he? Yeah, I mean, I'm simple. saying that, that we, even in that golden generation time, we didn't break teams down because we didn't have the absolute elite class to, you know, to break down with skill or the combinations you know, with two or three players. Hey, boys, we need to take a break. Uh, interesting conversation. We'll come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the four Diego's. Thanks for joining us tonight uh, on a Wednesday night with the four Diego's. Um, going by our last two coaches, do we judge judge them and sack them on friendlies above World Cup qualifiers? Um, there you go. It's interesting uh, take there. And... Um, just uh, evening, to, uh, we've, we've been through that. Uh, is it just me, or does the Sydney logo make you think they're a yacht club? <laughs> That's not a bad point there. Thank you very much. Hey, we've been talking about uh, what we were talking about before um, the break, about the Socceroos, and, uh, you know, how will we end up, you know, getting to the stage where we can truly challenge in, in World Cups? And, and and where are we now? I mean, Ange has taken us on a journey, Um you know, we'll soon find out, you know, where, yeah. where that leads us. But, um, you know, you mentioned, Carlos, that we almost start again. Well, I think we've got to because um, I think what's led out, and, and there's people, there's Ange haters out there, I know, and and this sounds like I'm a bit of an apologist for Ange, but I I want an Australian coach or any coach playing for Australia, play, uh, looking after Australia, to be a proactive coach. I don't want a Pim Verbake or a Holger Osiek who loses faith in our players and wants to play defensively because he thinks that we can't win games or we don't have the, the talent. Now, Ange completely changed change the, the mindset of this. We win an Asian Cup. Okay, it's been... We haven't... I think we lost once in qualifying, but it hasn't been brilliant. And I think... It's not the attitude, but trying to get the best out of players who aren't quite good enough, that's been the problem. We need change players, Carl. We uh, need, yeah, we diff- need different, the, yeah, difference players. We need different. The question players. I ask is, for a country like us who are you know, steeped with brilliant sports people in all sports, Olympians... Every uh, sport we have a go at... We win something. We do, some, right? we do well. Um, why, haven't this, why hasn't this country... And I know this is probably a you know a, a topic for another show. Why hasn't this country unearthed, even by accident, a Ronaldo or a Messi? 
because it's not necessarily a football system that unearths those sort of players. Sometimes they just come out of nowhere, yeah. right? Why haven't we uh, done that? Because I think nearly any country that's you know calls themselves a football nation in Europe would have a play would have had but a player like countries that. Countries fluke that just as much as we like. I think you're right. They Warren. talk systems, okay, and they talk culture, and you know you could argue that it's interesting that some of the greatest players have come from the poorest countries. You know. They've got nothing else to do. They just play so, so one game. it's not game. about system. It's not about system. I think as but much as hunger. Brazil or Argentina might claim that their culture around the football is better than ours, historically it is, but I actually think there might be a sense that they fluke those guys. Yeah, but, but, just that, like but, hang on, but just, German, the Germans don't grow up hungry. The Germans don't have to play in favelas. Yeah, but, but, they, are but con- they don't have a messy. They've got a different way of approaching it. They don't, they've got... Depth of talent across. They work on a they work on a system of having eleven really really good players. Whereas the Portuguese model is they've fluked one guy, put a few blokes around him, and have been able to be successful enough by winning a European oh. Championship. I, I don't know. I don't think it's just a fluke, Warren. I think Messi's a fluke. Oh no no the, the truly you know those those gems uh, you know they they're almost you know once in you know yeah, generational the freak, the freak players. Of nature. Players, yeah. how many you got at the moment? You've They're generational players, CR7, right? CR seven, you got can Messi. You have a, can you have you a more? Slats. Can you have a more fo- a bigger football culture than that of England? No. Okay, and what do they produce? Well, look, when was have... the last? When was the last player that comes anywhere near the likes of Messi or Ronaldo? Well, look, it's not since moments. the sixties, probably. Look, when Michael Owen came out, he was he was up he was a but chance. He, but um, he was just he would he Rooney. Would, we all thought Rooney was going to be that. Yeah, but Gaz, Gaza. Yeah, Gascoigne, yes. He he was world-class Gaza. Rooney, yes, uh, but I don't think he, he ever really... Look, he never kicked on. I, I don't know what it was, but he, I, I just don't reckon he hit those heights. You know, it's funny. Like, I remember we were, we spoke to Mark Viduka many, many years ago, and he's probably one of the finest players we've produced sort of organically yep. who's come from a, you know, a, a, a football family and tradition and just love the game and... You know, he told us he'd go to bed with a with yeah. a ball, and mm. I don't know that we've you've got guys like that in 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 first world countries that 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 will do will that that will have that much passion. Yeah, and but so I, I I wonder whether there's the resilience and the desire to actually oh, now, stick but it now, out, see yeah, it I, I, I agree, Vinny. Right now, but let's go back a couple of generations. Let's let's go back to when we first started having players go overseas. Right, Paul Ocon. Frank uh, Farina, uh, even before, uh, just after Craig Johnston, because if Craig Johnston's story is an incredible story that will never happen again, but um, but it's really when that first flood uh, after the Mad Dogs with Eddie Thompson, the Ocons, the Zeliches, the Farinas, and stuff, we still weren't producing that world class player even then, but we were producing some damn good players who were pl- who could go straight into European teams. So um, I don't know. It, it's a, it's if a, you believe, it's, in... a, it's a really interesting question, and people don't want to address it because they just think, um, well, Australia's Australia, and they'll never. But that's not true. I think we can, but we've never ever really addressed it. If you believe in systems, the best players are to come. They're not in the past; they're to come. I reckon. Yep. Hey, we could talk about an hour, an hour on this topic, but we're going to have to go. Um, that's it for this week's oh. show. We're we'll back next Wednesday. <laughs> a quick show, Carlos, yep. tonight. So remember. 
We're at Puerto Rican Girls Hangout. We'll, we'll be there. there. We're at Sumba, Rumba and La Bamba. We'll, we'll be there. there. There are girls with fruit on their head and balls at their feet. We'll, we'll be there. there. Wherever gringos play football. We'll, we'll be there. there. We are the Four Diego. Olé! Olé!